0: Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now listen, listen. In ministering to a couple of people up here, in my spirit, I heard this very strongly in my spirit. This is a service in which many people here today need to cast your cares. Now listen, casting your cares sometimes is a daily thing. Because I'm telling you, the more you wear them, uh, the the more it wears you. And it'll wear you out. And it does. It'll affect digestion. It'll It'll give you headaches. Listen, stress is one of the number one causes for sickness and disease in this earth today. And stress will wear you out. And the Bible talks about, humble yourself therefore into the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Now listen, you know, the care of what goes on in ministry, the care of of building a building, the care of of, of supporting almost 20 missionaries, listen, that that could take a person and destroy it. But every day, I just roll that care over on the Lord. I just say, Lord, I roll that care. I roll that care. I roll that care. You say, how do you do that? By what I say, I tell God. I roll. Because listen, there's stuff in your life too big for you to carry. And God never designed His children to carry it. He wants His children full of joy. Now, you can always tell when you're carrying cares. You say, how do you know? Your joy level is real low. I said, your joy level is real low. Because you've got yourself weighted down, burdened down. See, uh, uh, Christians used to think that was real spiritual to carry a burden. No, I got this burden. I got this, that. No, no, it's not. You don't carry that. God wants you to give that to Him. Some of you, it's with your children. Some of you, it's with your your family. Some of you, finances. Some of you, your health. Some of you, job decisions. Some of you are in a a fight right now over a home or, or making a business decision. God doesn't want you carrying the care of that. He wants to take care of that for you. Amen? So if you're carrying a care right now, I want you to stand up. Stand up right now. If you're carrying a care, I want you to stand up. That's a lot of people. That's too much care to carry. Now I want you to say this out loud. Heavenly Father, right now, in this atmosphere, in this anointing, I cast my care. I cast my care. I roll it over on you. I will not carry it. There's nothing I can do about it. So why should I carry it? but I'm obeying your word. of the joy of Almighty God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You love me. You care for me. You are my very own Heavenly Father. I'm your very own child. Ha, ha, ha. In the book of Luke, chapter 1. For with God, nothing is impossible. Now, you got to get that beyond your head. For with God, nothing is impossible. (laughs) Now, this is... Now, listen, let me just say this. There are people in here that you serve God for a, for a for a long time and I'm not going to try to put a a stipulation on that for a, you've served God now listen god has been faithful to you god has has done some 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 things in your life but you've never experienced what i call just an, an, an outstanding supernatural breakthrough where it's just been you just it just melts you it'll just melt you I don't know if you've ever had something like that happen. Lee and I have had it happen several times. When we held that, when we held Breland, it melted us. I mean we melted in the presence of God. Lord gave us a beautiful home. It melts us every day. I was driving up to it yesterday morning in my boat, and I saw it had a friend of mine with me. It just melted me. I just I just looked and said, oh my God, I can I can't believe I live there. I can't believe I live in that house. And I'm a faith guy. You say, what do you mean? I'm a faith man. I teach faith. I walk and I drive. It's one of those exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think, miracles. And God wants to break those out in some people's lives right now. You need that. You need the assurance of your God and His ability working in your life. You need that. God will give that to you. Don't just go through life and work your job and retire. Oh, yeah, I went to church. No, no, God wants to do outstanding miracles. Outstanding miracles in this church. Outstanding miracles and manifestations of his power. Outstanding breakthroughs. Glory to God. Glory to God. And thank God we can talk about what God does for us. What about you? What about you? What about your house? claim it right now. I want you to just say, and I claim it right now. I claim it in Jesus' name. An outstanding breakthrough. An outstanding miracle. Something on a level I've never received before. The God of heaven visiting my life and showing forth His power and His glory. Thank Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we worship you. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. Now, I don't, want to, I don't want to teach long. I knew the Spirit of God would be moving this morning. He's still moving. He's still moving. I want you to go in your Bibles, if you will, to Psalm 73. Let's talk about, we're just going to, we're going to look at two Psalms this morning. Now, let me say this. When I, I've mentioned several times that uh, the Empowered to Prosper meetings that we did. I never had a particular message that I preached in that meeting. I always was led by the Spirit knowing that, that there were different unique things in every church that were going on. <laughs> One particular church. And I tell you, the pastor, he, just, he became my biggest fan and still is to this day. I, I, I preached on tithing on the, on the Empowered to Prosper meeting. And I gave an altar call for those that weren't tithing. And, you know, just like he would for, uh, for people to get saved. And the whole place filled up. And the next Sunday, he said, I had something like 75 new tithers in my church. People have been going there all along. Well, that made him real happy. Amen. But there are other messages that we preach. But I was really seeking God. Now, first of all, I want you to understand that the way things are in our world in which we live. And when I'm, now we're talking about finances. We're talking about money. But let me say this. The monetary system of of exchanging uh, 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 currency for goods, uh, uh, the system of of commerce with borrowing, lending, interest, uh, the stock markets, the way they trade, uh, all of that, none of that is of God. No amens. Now let me say it again. None of it is of God. Now that doesn't mean God can't touch it. That doesn't mean God can't do something within the confines of it. That doesn't mean that God cannot prosper His children. But I'm telling you, if you look at the economy of heaven, there's no currency. The Bible says He makes streets out of gold. It says the gates of heaven are made out of one big pearl. That's a big oyster, amen? I mean, wealth and prosperity and blessing. But this system that we live in is part of a fallen system. And those that prosper into it, the greatest are the wicked. And if you don't understand that, then you can get real frustrated. Now, let me read this in Psalm. Psalm 73 says this. It says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, and my steps had well nigh slipped. Now, Asaph, who was a worshiper, part of the worship team, is writing this psalm. And he's saying this. He says, listen, God's good to Israel, but I'm observing something that if I'm not careful... It's going to cause me to slip. It's going to cause me to make a mistake. It's going to make me, uh, cause me to make... One translation says, I'll make a false judgment if I'm not careful. Now notice what it says here. It says, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Amen. Now you with the... Listen, Listen, church. There's people on this island that could write a check for $5, 10 $15, 20000000 million, fund this ministry through the next 10 years, and it not even affect their lifestyle one bit. But they're wicked. They're foolish. You say, what do you mean by that? They live for the money. Now notice how the psalmist writes here. It says, for there are no bands in their death, th- there, there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. Now he's actually talking about, they don't even die like we do. He's saying, man, they they, they go and they they seem to just fall asleep in death. We fight for every second of life we have. Because we realize how precious life is and it's a gift from God. Amen. It says, they are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasses them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness they have more than heart they have more than their heart could wish they are corrupt they speak wickedly con- they speak wickedly uh, uh, <coughs> concerning oppression they speak loftily uh, they set their mouths against the heavens their tongues walketh through the earth uh, therefore his people return hither and watereth and waters of a full cup they are Rung out to them. Now listen what he's saying here. He's saying, as far as these type of people are concerned, these wicked people with all this wealth, when it comes to God and the children of God, they're not even willing to give a cup of water. They won't even give you a cup of water. But they seem to be so wealthy. They seem to be so blessed. You know, I was watching something the other day, and by the time I got into it, I figured out I shouldn't be watching it, so I turned it off. And it was somebody up talking about going on a vacation... And I could I could I could mention the name of the person who, who probably all of us in here hold this person in high esteem. Now, not, not only did they mean uh, talk about going on a vacation with them, they talked about uh, another couple and named a, a, a large church up in Dallas. This is other couple uh, 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 that, that were uh, leaders in this church. And then this this celebrity, this person is a celebrity. And then this person talking about being on vacation with him. And, And he began to talk about the most vile things that they begin to do. And now these people are all multi, probably billionaires, all of them. And they begin to talk about the most vile things. And all of a sudden I realized these people give an appearance of righteousness. They give an appearance of wisdom. But as this guy began to talk and talk about their activity, I thought they're foolish. They're vile. I wouldn't have anything to do with them. Wouldn't go on vacation with them. Come on, church. We either live holy and righteous or we don't. And we either understand this wicked system of this world or we do not. Listen, there are things like uh, uh, prostitution and drugs and and pornography and and, and alcohol, tobacco. You name the vices of men and women. We're talking about today, we're fighting against slavery and and, and people that get, you know, taken from their families and all the... Listen, there's billions and trillions of dollars that are generated by the iniquity and the sin of our fallen world. Amen. Now notice what it says here. It says, Behold, these are the ungodly, who prosper in the world and they increase in riches. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long I've been plagued and chastened every morning. Now he's talking about his life. He's saying, now wait a second. These people seem to have no want, they seem to have no need, they seem to have no 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 problems whatsoever. Everything they need, they can buy, they can, they can they can they can do whatever they want, and here I am fighting to live. Amen. Just believing God. Now notice what it says. He says, When I thought to know this. It was too painful for me. He said, I'm telling you, I begin to meditate on this. I begin to think about this. And as I, the more I did it, the, the more it caused me pain. And I, and I like the next scripture. Until I went to the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Surely thou didst set them in a slippery place. Thou cast them down into destruction. How art they brought into desolation as in a moment They are utterly consumed with terrors as a dream when one awaketh. O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their their image. Now listen, God knows we have to live down here. He knows we have to live in this this area. Listen, come on church, the only only really word you you can pull out of the hat to describe, it's just not fair. It's just not right. Uh, there was a minister preaching prosperity back in the 90s that, that, that somehow, I don't know how he did, had his secretary and several other people uh, calculate the wealth of the world. Uh, currency, how much is, is England worth, how much is America, you know, gross national product of, of England, gross national product of the United States, of Russia, all these nations they compiled. All of the, what, what they could figure out was the wealth of the world and divided it by the amount of people that were on the earth at the time and determined that every person on the earth should have $2.5 million in their pocket. Amen? I'll take that. (laughs) But the unbalance of iniquity and sin, and the excess of the evil one, has created a tremendous unbalance. How can men and women sit with, with, with multitude trillions of dollars, while on the other side of the planet, children die of starvation. And children in their own nations die of starvation. There is no equality. There is no equity. There is nothing in the system that is righteous or right. But we still have to pay our bills. I mean, we go out there and start building that building, they're going to expect to get their draw every week. We're going to have to pay for the materials. We're going to have to pay for the builders. We're going to have to operate within that system. So what God has done through rege- redemption was to use Jesus as the one that took that poverty upon Himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He took the poverty of that system and, it, and what it creates upon Himself so that we through Him, uh, King James says, might be rich. Actually, the true translation is that we might be, as God's children, abundantly supplied. Amen. Amen. Now go over to Psalms chapter 1. Look at Psalms chapter 1. I'm going to read in the Amplified, if that's okay. You can can follow along with whatever uh, translation or paraphrase that you have. Amplified says this. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. I didn't get enough amens. I'm going to read that again. (laughs) Blessed. That's the word empowered. Happy. Now, happy talks about circumstantial happiness. Things are going well with you. You're driving the car you want. You're living in a house that you want. You're living in God's blessing and provision. Blessed, happy, fortunate. That means you get the brakes. Amen. Prosperous. Everybody say prosperous. That's mean you, you, you have no lack. You have abundance. Everybody say abundance. Enviable. That means the world looks at us and says, what, what are they doing? Amen. Enviable is the man that walketh and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now notice this. Following their advice, their plans, and their purposes. You cannot follow the advice, the plans, and purposes of the ungodly. You say, what do you mean by that? God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God has a way for you to walk, a way for you to live, and a way in which you'll get His blessings into your life. Isn't that cool? Now notice this. It says, uh, following their plans, their or stands submissive and inactive in the place where sinners walks, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his or her delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, or the word of the Lord. And on his law or in his word, the precepts, the instructions and the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, panders and studies by day and by night. Now he's showing us a lifestyle, a lifestyle of meditating. In the... Listen, let me just say this. As long as you consider serving God as an encroachment into your lifestyle, you'll never serve God. Now let me say that again. As long as you consider serving God an encroachment, uh, 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 what else could you say, an encroachment, uh, uh, an inconvenience, uh, you name, uh, you use the adjective or adverb that you want to, as long as you consider it something that is inconvenient in your life, you'll never serve God. Because there's too much else out there that's encroaching and inconvenient. So what God wants you to know is that there are so many benefits to serving Him that if you will alter your lifestyle to live as He says you should live, it's going to radically change your life. Now listen, I don't know. I, I, I lived that lifestyle of sin and unrighteousness, but I didn't live it as a sinner. That was, that, was, that was even worse. You say, what do you mean? Well, it's one thing for a sinner just to be a sinner. But I didn't live that lifestyle as a sinner. I lived that lifestyle as somebody that knew the truth. I lived that lifestyle as somebody who was born again, who was, who was, who was filled with the Holy Ghost, who had tasted of the goodness of God, who had seen the miraculous and experienced God, and then I, I literally became the prodigal in the pig pen. Amen? So I know the mercy of God. Oh, my goodness. I know the mercy of Almighty God who is willing in any heart, who will move toward Him in any way to alter their lifestyle toward God. He'll do everything He could do to accommodate you to serve Him. But in the natural, you can't accommodate. You can say, well, well, God, I'm just going to say, it's so hard to serve God. It's so. Hard. No, it's not. I love serving God. I love reading my Bible. I love prayer. I love what I'm doing. It didn't start out like that, but I love it today. I love the life that I live. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, people talk about humility. And I want you to know. Humility is the ability to look at that which God has done in your life and be so thankful and humbled by it that you realize without God, none of this would be here. None of it would be here. The next week, I'm going get to get to stand in front of hundreds of people at a missions conference and preach the Word of God to them. Uh, uh, in the coming months, we get to do our own conference, all that we're involved in, the lifestyle that we're living And what we're trying to do is we're incorporating, we're incorporating into that our own lifestyles of the island to reach men and women. Amen. Amen. We're working on a, 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 Kenny and Ben and I and several of the other men working on a a, a fishing tournament. And I'm telling you, God's getting in that thing more and more. We had a meeting the other night. Uh, Brother Ben, I tell you, he came with the wisdom of God and some things. And that thing began to expand. We found a purpose because we're calling it uh, Fisherman Fishing for Men. Amen. We're going to talk with Sarah. We're going to use it to bless the Pregnancy Center, which is a a, a place here on the island which helps keep babies alive in the womb. We're going to include the whole community. We're going to put ads in the paper. We're going to cause a big stir for life. It's going to cost money, but we're going to do it. Come on, church. It's not convenient, it's not comfortable, but it's God. Mm -mm. Now notice this. Now here's the result. But his delight, his desire is in the law of the Lord and in his law and precepts, instructions and teachings of God. He habitually meditates, ponders and studies day and night. He or she shall be like a tree firmly planted and tendered by the streams of water ready to bring forth fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. (laughs) Are we living there yet? I said, are we living there yet? And if we're not, we need to be going as fast as we can in the fast lane into that type of life and lifestyle. Now, for years, I, I was really blessed to be around some powerful men of God. And every time I'd get around them, I would always think, like if I knew days ahead that I was going to be around one of them, I would think of, what can I ask them? What can I talk to them about? what can I, I, need, a, I need to make sure that I say as little as possible, and they say as most as possible. So one, one Sunday afternoon, Dr. Oral Roberts had preached up at Abundant Life, and, and uh, so I was the one taking him back to the to the, to the airport. I'd, we'd, Lee and I had been taking care of him all, all uh, while he was here. And so I got in the car and was taking So we're driving up there and I wanted to ask him about prosperity. I, I said, Dr. Roberts, I said, you know, those big, huge tent crusades, you know, had a tent set 10,000 people. And I said, what were your offerings? He smiled. He said about $800 a night. I said, how in the world did you finance week after week after week after week of people playing on your platform, ushers working for you, the land you had the lease, the big truck, all of that week after week after week after week? He talked about Psalms 1. He said, God said, everything I put my hand to would prosper. He said, everything I put my hand to would prosper. He said, everything I put my hand to would prosper. He said, everything I put my hand to would prosper. He said, everything. I mean, he kept saying everything, everything. He said, Rush I'm telling you everything. He said, without exception, every city, a businessman would roll up in a big Cadillac and he'd get out with a checkbook and he'd write a check and say, here you go, Dr. Roberts, this is for your crusade. And he said it would underwrite every crusade we ever did. And we had abundance and no lack. Everything your hand. Is put to. You say, well, he was preaching gospel. I'm telling you everything in your business, in your life, at your job. God will take what you give to him and he will give it a supernatural bend to it so that your dollar goes further. Your influence goes further. Your ideas get online. Whatever it is that you're doing will prosper and be touched by God Almighty because everything God touches prospers. Amen? Let me say that again. Everything God prospers, everything God touches prospers. Now, in your life, what happens to us, and I'll close with this because we'll do some more teaching on this in the future. We get conditioned to poverty whether we know it or not. Whether we know it or not. Now, the house that I grew up in was, was pretty liberal. You know, Dad's a lawyer, and uh, he was never a super rich lawyer like some lawyers get, but he made a good living for our family. Very good living. And Dad and Mom were always very liberal with everything they had. I mean, he'd buy a Cadillac, we'd all drive it, tear it up. Cheryl sure will <laughs> tore them up all the time. <laughs> Amen. And, 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 you know, he never gave us big stacks of money or anything like that. He never did anything like that. But he shared the wealth of what God gave him as he could. And so he was a Christian. Him and mom were Christians. Him and mom were tithers. Him and mom were givers. They gave lots of money into the churches and ministries that they were involved in. And as children, we could see the hand of God and the blessing of God upon them. Now, when I got married, I married Leah, and Leah came from an extremely conservative home. And rightfully so. Her father worked very hard in the oil field. He was a, a World War II veteran out in the out in the Pacific Ocean for three and a half years. Uh, came back, went to work for Union Oil, worked for him for 41 years, and just on the salary, raised six children, and put them all through college. And Leah's got all kinds of funny stories about, you know, when the food was put on the table, you had to fight for she always fought for the chicken leg. Because if she didn't get it, somebody else would, you know. And how, how when the meal was over, there wasn't, you didn't throw anything in the trash. There was nothing to throw in the trash. Amen. And what's really cool about that is when God put us together, God used part of that to help straighten me up. Because I'm the kind of guy just give it all away. Let's just give it all away and see what God will do, you know. So she's helped me over the years, and I've learned some things, what not to do and what to do. So the wisdom of God will come with the blessing of God. But we determined, I'm telling you, even before we got married, we determined it did not matter where God sent us or what God told us to do. We were going to obey God by, number one, meditating, praying, staying in the Word of God, and that everything we would put our hand to would prosper. Now, there were times in in which it didn't look like it happened. There was so much, I don't know why Christian people discourage other Christian people. But there were a lot of people that came to us very discouraged, tried to discourage us and tell us. People would say, "Then you'll never make it in ministry. People would say, you'll never have any money. You'll never be able to do any." And I was just, you know, it was out of their own hurt, out of their own failure. You always communicate out of your own hurt or your own failure. That's why God wants to heal you of your hurt and failure. So you won't communicate like that anymore. But as we begin to press, really press into the things of God, as our field ministry begin to wrap up, as I begin to realize I can't do this no more, as I begin to realize God's not going to let me travel like this no more. He's not going to let me. I'm going to have to go down there and start that church in Galveston. Oh, my God. Because God had prospered. We would bought a building. We were believing God. We were fixing to buy a King Air B200 airplane. I mean, that, that's not a joke. We, you can have scrolling. He's been with us for 25 or more years. Amen. I mean, he's my right hand guy. I mean, that's, he answers to me, and that's it. I mean, we were poised. Big churches. They wanted that Sunday through Wednesday, two services a day. Big money, partners, all of that stuff. And God said, mm-hmm. You better know that's God. And I'll never forget. I said, I, I prayed one day and I said, Lord, I'm going to obey you. Pastor Dodi Osteen had given me a word. I came home and shared it with Leah about another two or three supernatural things happened to us. And we knew. We've got to go to Galveston. We've got to build a base, a church, a local church, a base in which our vision, God's vision, could be implemented from. Thank God for the other churches we were a part of, other ministries that we worked in. But God said, you need your base. You need your place. You need need to be able to do what I'm telling you to do. And we were faithful to do what we're supposed to do in other ministries. But I remember praying and saying this to God. Lord, you said everything I put my hand to would prosper. I've confessed that. I believe that. Now we're going to stop answering the phone and scheduling meetings. Roland can testify to this, so can Leah. I said, but I refuse as your child and as your servant to take any cut in salary, any cut in pay, or to lose one dime of that which God says belongs to me because you're making an adjustment in my life and ministry. Did you know God is faithful to His Word? We never missed a lick. I mean, before we ever started taking offerings as a church. Before, before we ever started uh, setting the church up legal and financially, uh, ba- just basically in our, in, our, in our field ministry, we just kept, kept, kept those that came with us, uh, kept them well supplied, kept them on salary, kept the Christmas bonus coming, kept the blessing of God going. And we have done that now as a church for 16 years. And in the meantime, we've bought a beautiful, desirable piece of land. Amen. We've just completed two years of design and architectural work. Amen. You say, what point are you trying to make? God did not bring us this far to stop now and say it's all over. Some of y'all have come in at different stages of this, but you've got to understand, now is the time, this is the place, we're the people that a combination of 30-something years of trusting, believing God, sweating it out when it looked like nothing was going to happen, believing God in the face of some of the greatest obstacles, it's time to get on the mountaintop side of this thing. We've been in the valley, we've been around the snakes, We've been around all the nasty junk that can happen. But the good news is we're still here. Amen. And not only are we still here, the hand of God is upon us. The anointing of God is here. And the blessing of God is here. Now, the reason I'm pressing it to you that way is to show you from the Word of God. You ought to go study seven, uh, Psalm 73 and, and do it in, in a study with, there with uh, uh, Psalms chapter 1. There are two paths, and I've watched this and observed this in Christianity in the last 34 years that I've been serving the Lord the way I am right now. Everyone has to have an income to live in this system. You can't... people have tried it. The communal, let's go to some mountain somewhere and we'll grow a garden and eat and and everybody can share. That never works. You'll never evangelize the world like that. You'll never be a witness for Jesus like that. All that is is isolate, isolating, isolating yourself. That's all that is. But money has so much power. And especially if you've, if you've spent a lifetime accumulating it. It has so much power because it is the sum total of our life and our living. What do we call it? What do we raise our kids to do? What do we send them off to college to do? To make a living. You, need to, you have to make, notice how the terminology, you have to make a living. Without doing this, you have no living. You have no life. There's no place for you to live. There's nothing for you to eat. There's nothing, there's nothing for you to do other than stand over there under the overpass with a sign. Which some people, their life has been reduced to that because this system will not take care of them. And this system offers them no hope. But now when we got born again, It was a spiritual event that took place on the inside of us. And I like to say it like this. When God created the earth, he put his man and his woman in Eden. Everybody say Eden. Eden is paradise. Eden is a full supply. Eden didn't say, look, here's one coconut tree. Here's a pecan tree. I hope you'll learn how to make coconut cream pie and pecan pies and you'll be okay. He put all kinds of trees. He put all kinds of wealth. He showed them where gold was. He showed them the difference between a diamond and a rock. He showed them what all this was about. But he also put a choice in the garden. And man made the wrong choice. And the first thing that was taken from him was the garden, was the paradise, was the provision of God. But then God brought something to the earth greater than creation. You say, what is that? Redemption. And in and through redemption, God brought the garden back. But where did He put it? He put it in you. Jesus said, know ye not the kingdom is within you. Your blessing, your prosperity, your increase, it's all in here. That's why Paul said in, in Philippians chapter 2, work out your salvation. He's talking about us being servants one of another, serving one another as Jesus served us, giving up that, coming down to earth, giving up all that was in heaven, and, and being obedient even to death, even to the cross, even to the death of humanity. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him, giving him a name which is above every name. Wherefore, my brethren, also work out your own salvation. Because it's on the inside of you. And through the meditation of the Word of God. And through obeying the Word of God. And involving yourself with people of light, precious faith. The desire, the blessing, the prosperity, the increase. Now I know people have taken this into the ditch. But we're not in the ditch. We've used wisdom. We haven't accumulated great, great amounts of wealth. We've not done it. We've spent our money and given it well. But the kingdom is in you. And the Lord wants to take what He has deposited in you and bring it out. Now let me say this, and I'm going to close with this. In praying over this, the Lord showed me this in the Spirit. And I've seen it in the natural. I've preached in churches where pastors, and they're not, you know, some of them were large churches, some of them were not so large, where pastors had lived out their life, pastored the church 30, 40, 50 years, And men and women had stuck with them through that period of time. I mean through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Thinking about people like like Brother Osteen, Brother B.B. Hankins. I could name a few others. And in their church, the residue of what I would call the core of that church, that had raised their family, their children, their grandchildren, some of their great-grandchildren, were tremendously blessed with increases in their life unobtainable in this world system, only obtainable by God. And so God does that over and over again. That's the purpose of the local church, to give all of us a platform to live that out together. What is our purpose? People, our souls that need to be saved. People who are sick in their body and dying and which doctors give up on, they need hope and they need help. People who are oppressed, my goodness, we live in a society today that is so oppressed with drugs and alcoholism and the demonic forces that have been loosed on this earth in the last of the last days. Somebody's got to rise up and recognize it and realize there is still a God that desires to set men and women free. Amen. And as we walk this out together by faith, God takes us from what the Apostle Paul described like this, from faith to faith and from glory to glory. From one level to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. And what we're doing is we're beginning to walk in and experience a level that we actually entered into three years ago. And in the last three years, hell has broken loose. The devil has tried to do everything he can do. The enemy has risen up in finances and sickness and disease and people just kind of going crazy. But we've stayed the course. And now what was in the spirit is fixing to blow into the natural. And the blessings of God, the anointings. They so say, what are we going to do with that? We're going to go to the next level. And then we'll go to the next level after that. And we'll go to the next level after that. And we'll go to the next level after that. And then we're going to hand it off to the next generation and let them take it to the next level. And let them take it to the next level after that. And if Jesus tarries is coming, hopefully we'll come back with him in the clouds and look down on Galveston Island and see Island Church. And where we built that little building right there on the three and a half acres, there'll be a building on that 14 acres next door to it that'll seat about 15,000 people. And there'll be our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our great-great-grandchildren. You say, why? Because it's generational. In every church, it's generational. And one of the major things the enemy tries to do is to break that generational blessing. But he ain't going to break it here because God is a God of blessing and abundance and he'll bless whatever you put your hand to in righteousness. Amen? Amen. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. Lord, we thank you this morning for a time in which we can look back and say, look what the Lord has done. Thank you, Lord. I'll remind them of that. Some of you weren't here. Back in 2008, it would have been October, fall harvest, we decided to have the meeting just to make the devil mad. We leased, and listen, we were doing this from offering to offering. Our our entire budget was gone the third day we came back to the island. Blackman Mooring had started cleaning this building and had already run up a tab of $120,000. We found out we had no flood insurance. They gracefully took Every, money we, every penny we had. They let us pay a $120,000 bill with $30,000. And our savings account, checking account, missions account, every account, we had $30,000. Put it all together, paid that bill. Now, Lee and I begin to scramble, begin to look. Okay, Lord, you know, we got... Remember the FEMA papers? We filled them all out. We went up there where the 47th Street or wherever the community center was. They had all the people up there. FEMA was all set up. They were doing the small business loans, all this kind of stuff. We filled all that out. But see, in the meantime, we were meditating on the Word. We were not taking the counsel of the ungodly. We were not walking in the way of sinners. We were delighting in the law of the Lord, and we were decided, and we were, knew that we were we were trees planted by the river of water. And on, on uh, it was Tuesday night up at the. Convention center, we at least. Mark and Janet and Brzee graciously came in and helped us do it. I think Brother Jeff Spring came. And 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 the anointing of God just got it, got in the praise and worship. And I got up there in front of the church. And it had to be the spirit of faith. Not, not the gift of faith, but the spirit of faith that comes when faith is imparted in a disastrous situation. I got up and we tore up those FEMA papers. We tore them up. How many remember that? How many were there? Some of y'all are still here. Amen. We we tore those FEMA papers up. We tore them up. And we said, we are going to believe God for a miracle. Now, we estimated around 350,000. It could have been 500,000, 750,000. I don't know how much it was. But I'm telling you, money came from all. We never asked. We never put out an emergency. Just money began to come from all over the world. All over the world. From $5 up to $50,000. And it came steadily. Then God did all kinds of miracles. We could tell you all these miracles. From the the dehumidifier miracle to to Steve McCree, who came down every week from Tulsa and worked like a Trojan in this building. Now he's a missionary in Australia, and God is greatly blessing him. Don't think he doesn't get our missionary money. Honey, he gets it. Amen. You say, what point are you trying to make? All through this experience, God shows up, shows out, and shows off his glory. And this is no exception. This is no exception. And we're at the... It feels to me like that Tuesday night at that... At that At that fall harvest meeting where we tore up the papers we tore up the natural we tore up that which would have connected us to this world system and we believed God now listen church we have to have five million dollars to start this project we've looked at it from every angle from the contractors to the city to everyone involved, says we can't. We can't at least if you can't at least show that in your bank account, we will not let you. We will not let you start this project because we're not going to have a half-finished project. They don't have any faith, church. They don't. They're, they're do, do, only doing things by the natural. They're looking at their city. They don't want a a, a a constructed, half-constructed building out there with the with the weeds growing up on it on Broadway, which is the entrance to the city. They don't want that. We don't want that either. Because we ain't never gonna start something we can't finish. Amen. So when you pray, every day, I want you to say this. Heavenly Father, I'm part of Island Church. We believe we receive five million dollars. And we have it in Jesus' name. Amen. We've already asked. We've already believed. We worship God continually for it. When it comes in the in the into the bank account, we're not gonna. You bounce off the walls. We've already done that. We've already bounced off the walls. I remember believing God. This Is okay to talk like this for a moment? Believing God for that land. It seems so far away. When we looked at the three pieces of land that we were looking at, and all we thought we had a breakthrough and a blessing. And then God said, no, it's not that one. It's this one over here. That they have never, ever indicated they even wanted to budge one inch off of their price and I went to Tulsa with my mindset. I said Lord I have to have an answer and, and, and a spirit of intercession hit me in the altar of, of, of World Outreach Church and I got up and I knew my answer and I came back told the staff told the Lord I said that's our piece of property you know what I did I set a closing date of December the 15th I said did you have the money didn't have the money But money started coming in. Large offerings, small offerings, money started coming in. Do you know what happened? December 15th came and went. You say, what would you do? I set another closing date for January 15th. You say, well, what if it wouldn't have come in? I would still be setting closing dates today. I wouldn't have quit. I wouldn't have backed off. I'd have kept doing it. We had a million dollars in the bank on December 31st. But we needed $1.38 million to buy the land. And I knew that New Year's Eve service would be special. When the Spirit of God moved. It was a powerful service. We counted the offering. It was right it right, right, right under $400,000 had come into the offering. And guess what? We went to the closing on January 15th. And shocked the whole city. They put it on the front page of the paper. Come on. <laughs> Now if you think that was a shocker, wait till that red iron starts going up. Wait till those bulldozers start moving up. Wait till that that grand opening night. These are God events in the city that's not used to God events. They're used to demonic events and and devil events and and partying and reveling. But God is not going to be outdone. And we're heading as a church toward that God event. And out of that God event, we're going to see great blessing come to this community and a great anointing released out of this church to touch the world. And you get to be a part of it and I get to be a part of it. Isn't that great? Praise Lord God, stand on your feet, Father, we bless your name this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you're doing in our midst, as is our tradition. We declare the protection and safety afforded us by your word. No evil befalls us, No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father, whether we travel on the airways, the seaways, the highways or the railways, we are blessed, protected and kept by Almighty God. We thank you, Lord God, in the righteous labor of our hands, wherever it may be, whatever we may do—medical field, educational, up in the all all patch, Lord, uh, construction, education. Thank you, Father. We are not subject to trauma, to terror, to evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you for that door of utterance. Let every island church individual have a fire of evangelism burning on the inside of them. Let us be a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, an answer to the prayers of so many that are looking for hope, peace, and love. Thank you, Father, as we leave today. We walk in faith and love towards you. you lo- we love you so much for you first loved us. Thank you, Father, for our church. We walk in love toward one another. And thank you, Father, you've appointed us as ambassadors for Christ Jesus. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com.